start yeah welcome welcome to the book squad podcast Mm -hmm. how are you doing kimberly i'm sleepy but i'm here i'm here and i'm ready to talk about books let's do it then let's do it um welcome to everybody out there bookish news today yeah okay holds list honey holds list honeys holds list honeys let's get down to that um you go because i think you're the i think you're the driver of this train okay great of the holdless um the first one i have is black cake by charmaine wilkerson Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard about this one but it's pretty buzzy right now and i don't know if you've ever had one of those experiences where you've seen a book and you're like i'm not gonna read that and then you keep saying you're like i'm not (laughs) gonna read that Mm-hmm. And then you finally um, are honest with yourself and you realize I'm going to read this and you immediately <laughs> put it on hold and you're like number 18 and it's going to be wow. years, but you'll read it someday. Um, that's this book for me. Maybe that, maybe it was, maybe you were telling yourself, I'm not going to read that because I'm going to be really far down on the hold. <laughs> but you're going to get it. You're going to get there eventually. Um, but this one is about two adult siblings who are once very, very close, and they are drawn back together because their mother has died, and she's left them a voice recording of final requests, and um, Mm. part of her final wishes are for her two children to share, like, a traditional black cake together when the time is right, and she does not specify when the time is right. They'll just know, right? And so she leaves them with this mystery and family secrets and so they kind of go on this journey together to to figure out kind of the the history of their family and the history of their mother and essentially the future of themselves and so it's one of those like family stories that just sounds very charming and heartfelt but also brutally sad in a way (laughs) that kind of works for Mm, me yeah i think it seems to be your jam yeah I think it's one of those things where I refuse to read it because um, I just am fighting with myself for no reason. (laughs) I know. uh, Why why deny yourself (laughs) the absolute pleasure of being demolished? (laughs) I don't want to be emotionally destroyed. (laughs) I mean, okay, well, Um, maybe fine, but you're going to read it. (laughs) And it's – and – after I'm done reading it, I will watch it because it's already been optioned for a Hulu series. Stop it. Yeah. Okay. This author, she's living her best life. Did I mention this is a debut? Oh, So no. she is living. All right. Um, so good for her. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, can I talk about the next one? Because yeah. I think I, I think it's the only one I can talk about of the three. <laughs> um, we put this one on a holds list, honeys, uh, because it should have a gabillion holds. And yeah. actually, we have a lot, a lot of copies of this book because it's amazing. And um, currently, 
you could get it. Yeah, there's one there's copy one. as of yep. recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows where it'll be in the few <laughs> days between now and when we publish. But um, The Paper Palace is by Miranda Cowley Heller, and it is also a debut novel. And uh, I read it because Kimberly told me to read it, yeah. and they were right. It was... It was also just, it did destroy, but also it rebuilt. So Mm -hmm. um, the premise of this book is uh, the main character is 50. She's at her family's um, summer cottage that's named the Paper Palace, ironically, because it's not much of a palace, but uh, it's on Cape Cod. She's there with um, families that they vacationed with long time and um one evening finally her and her best friend from childhood consummate their long brewing relationship into something um but unfortunately they're both married to other people at the time so uh this really this book really takes place over um, a lifetime and about 24, yeah, hours. 24 hours. Uh, it's told in flashbacks and um, in current time, and it's really beautiful. Um, I loved, like, I think I belong on, the, I don't know, like an oceanic village somewhere. I think I belong yeah. on Cape Cod. Um, so I loved reading everything about, um, the way she portrayed their their space that they were in because it was beautiful, mm-hmm. um, but also their emotional space they were in was also very beautiful. So, um, I think if you enjoy uh, if you enjoy to be transported to where you're going, if you do like to be destroyed, yeah. there are. Um, some disturbing things happen to members of her family and herself. Um, so there are some warnings about, um, you know, I would say violence to children, um, sexual violence. Um, but I also think she um, was important to the story and I think she handled it very well. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was gratuitous. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. um so I think um, it was it was very beautiful, and I would love everybody to read it, mm-hmm. and then get into our comments and tell us how you liked being destroyed as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was wonderful, and I'm very I'm very much looking forward to what um, this author writes next because if that was her debut, I know. Holy I moly! Okay. I just cannot believe that that was a debut was incredible yeah it's so good i'm so glad you enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and i hope whoever is listening also enjoys it. i hope y'all hurry up and get in it before the holds list gets long again yeah uh speaking of long holds list i've been on hold for this one for quite some time it came out sometime last year i want to say november do not quote me never quote me i'm too unreliable (laughs) Uh, The book is The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chan. Um, This one is like dystopian, I'll say. Uh It's set in a near future America. Um, It follows the protagonist, Frida Liu, who's 39 years old. She's a Chinese-American single mother living in Philadelphia. And then um, one day, after some bad judgment, she decides to leave her 18-month child home alone for two hours and see in the world she lives in 
when mothers are bad, they're not just you know, torn apart in the media or by Mm -hmm. well-meaning strangers or by family members or by Uh themselves. Mm -hmm. They are literally taken to a government-run program, um, Mm. basically a rehab center where they can learn how to be an actual good mother. So there's a lot of commentary already just with the premise of this book Mm -hmm. um, that is absolutely fascinating. But basically while she is at this program, this institution, in order to regain custody of her child, she has to be a mother to a robot child. And so it sounds like it's very much about like commentary on what makes a bad mother. Can bad mothers be redeemed? Mm-hmm. And then also like just motherhood in general and her learning to love a robot child. So I'm sure that will also have emotional consequences. Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds absolutely wonderful. It's being compared to 1984, Never Let Me Go, The Handmaid's Tale. So those are all big, big hitters mm-hmm. within this subgenre. And it's one of those books where literally the second I found out it existed, I immediately went <laughs> to our website and I found it and I put it on hold. And then I saw the number of holds and I was devastated. <laughs> but I will wait. You will <laughs> smash that. Hold button. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds like really incredible. Mm-hmm. Actually, that sounds like one I think I might like to buy for a social justice book for all, like yeah. to have in a book club in a bag because I think it would be an incredible social justice yeah. book club. Sounds I'm super compelling. Yeah. I'm interested in the circumstances under which she made the decision to yeah. leave her child for two hours because, like, was it, was she truly making a bad mother decision or was she. Was it an act of, like, desperation? Was she, yeah. right? Was it a desperate act? Which some, I mean, that doesn't mean that it's still, two things can be true. Yeah. But um, but also, ooh, I, I mean, there's so much probably to unpack in this book. There's so much. So. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> All of these books are great. I can't, two of them I haven't even read. And I'm already just, like, I'm putting <laughs> my stamp of approval. Once again, do not quote me. <laughs> It's pretty funny. Okay. Well, so, all right. So those are three books that we have brought to you uh, to get your awareness on them, to Mm -hmm. get you on the holds list. Uh, If indeed there is one, because the Paper Palace right now there isn't, Mm -hmm. for a minute anyway. But there will be. Um, But there will be. (laughs) But we thought y'all might want to know about these and just get get on um, and and wait for them to come to you while you're reading these other books that we're going to tell you about here Mm -hmm. in just a sec. And we're back for Two Book Minimum. Mm -hmm. Two Book Minimum. Minimum. Sometimes some extra minimum books will sneak out. Then you'll have – there's no maximum. I guess not. I yeah, I only have two prepared. <laughs> I don't know. You're making me a little nervous. Don't sweat it. <laughs> don't start sweating. It's bad for the electronics in here. <laughs> um, my heavy breathing isn't helping these microphones. <laughs> mm, I don't know. See, what happens is I prepare to, and then sometimes, like, some other ones just sneak out. But go ahead. You go first. Okay. I am – I think the last time we recorded a podcast – my issue was that I was reading no books. Mm, mm-hmm. And my issue now was I had to message Polly before this and say, wait, these are the books we're currently reading, right? Because choosing two books of the books I've read so far this year would truly be difficult, mm. which is not me bragging. It's just I'm. Sounds bragging. I'm. <laughs> 
sounds braggy. Listen, I read so much. My brain is so big. <laughs> but go ahead. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Okay. So right now, one book that I'm reading, and I'm completely guilty of picking this up and first being drawn to it because it has a beautiful cover. Um, it's How okay. by Ye Chun. I apologize. I've probably brutally mispronounced all of that but it's a short story collection um written by a i believe she's chinese american and the the stories follow primarily women across the diaspora and so you'll find some women in unnamed cities that you presume are in china or in other cities throughout the united states and so it just kind of follows their lives and their different experiences like the very first short story is about a graduate student who has a stroke while Mm -hmm. she is in class and loses the ability to speak which for someone who originally went to graduate school for english and for literature i know i I know (laughs) yeah so it's just they're deeply impactful Mm -hmm. they're so interesting another one is it follows a uh, a young woman who has recently come to the United States in San Francisco in the 1870s mm-hmm. and her husband owns like a general store and because of the tumultuousness of the environment and her being a young woman with a lot of men around she basically is kept in the upstairs room and so it's her life has as she experiences it through the window and it's so fascinating to read about this time in history that i personally don't know too much about mm. um just 1800 1800s late 1800s when the racism against chinese immigrants was just atrocious and so it's just one of these books i love books that make me want to find nonfiction books about specific things in time where I want to research on my own more about what's happening within these books. And this is definitely the short story collection is doing it for me. Like there's another one that's set in the 1960s when Chairman Mao was in power. It's just mm-hmm. absolutely fascinating. It's beautifully written. Um, none of the stories are the same. They all feel very different they're very unique unto themselves i love a short story collection and this one is just super special i want to gobble it up but i also want to savor it but i feel i know myself i'm gonna gobble it up (laughs) um but i i love it i love it so far let me let me throw out a title the downstairs girl by stacy lee it is technically a ya book um it's set in 1890s atlanta about this very uh, this very issue of um, a Chinese girl who's kept who lives secretly in a basement um, okay. because there's really no place for her to safely live. So um, at that at that time, so I it was really really good. I liked it a lot, um, and it did the exact same thing. I mean, you know, you glean, you pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, some stuff from the history, but it did the exact same thing where I was like, I need to know more about this, you know, point in history. Yeah. So um, anyway, just just pinning that to I'm, that one story. Great. Uh, thank you. And for it and it encouraged me to put another book on my team. You're welcome. <laughs> and it sounds like it's actually being um, turned into a series. Oh, good. So um, I'm not. Um, the 
doesn't say on here. I'm just doing a little peeking around. So I don't know anything about when that might actually happen, but I just noticed it when I was looking that up. Great. So anyways. I, I loved that short story, so I'm definitely going to add that to my okay. list. And I've eventually got, I'll read it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can hook you up. Great, great, great. Um, and then my second book <laughs> is The Kingdoms by Natasha Pulley. Uh, Natasha Pulley, she writes, I think, primarily, like, more fantasy or fantasy-adjacent type books or, like, books that are – have fantasy elements in them. But uh, this one is a a bit of a chunk. I think it's somewhere near the 400s, which is usually – I like to keep my books in the 200 or below (laughs) or maybe 300 or below if it's not, like Mm – it's a little bit more. But Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. this follows – the main protagonist's name is Joe – He is living in, oh gosh, I want to say early 1900s, and I could be wrong, but I want to say early 1900s, but it's an alt England where at Trafalgar, Mm -hmm. the battle or whatever Mm -hmm. happened, um, basically France is in power, and so... The French rule England. Oh. And so it, it completely changes the history of this country. And so you start off not knowing what's going on. And the character starts off not knowing what's going on because he walks off of a train, looks around, and has no memory of anything that has ever happened. Sounds and so like my morning every morning. <laughs> <laughs> I have no memory of this place. <laughs> anyway, sorry to derail you. Go ahead. Walks off the train, has no yeah. memory. Okay. He, uh, it's like a an amnesia, basically. And it's something that is alluded to, at least in the very beginning of the book, that other people are having these experiences mm. Where it's like the opposite of deja vu, where they know something to be true, but they don't know why. Where like he will – he knows certain things function the way they do in this world, but he cannot remember why. Mm -hmm. And so like he – it's just like him trying to figure out who he is and then some people claim him, which happens right away in the beginning. So I don't feel like it's a spoiler. But the book itself – I guess, involves time travel. I have not gotten to that point. And Mm -hmm. it involves queer romance, which, again, I've not gotten to that point. Mm -hmm. But there are allusions to things that already I had to put it down because I was like, this hurts. Mm. And I don't – I'm getting the same feeling as Joe, the character, gets when he is encountering things where he's like, this hurts and I don't know why. Like, I'm reading things and I'm like, I don't know why this is devastating, but I know I am devastated. Oh, wow. It's really interesting reading experience. Whoa, wow, wow. Um, very, very cleverly written. I I know for a fact that this is a book that is beneficial. Like, it's even better on a second read Ooh. because you know what's going on. Okay. Because right now I don't know what's going on, but yeah. I know I But am, that's an experience too. Yeah. Like that's a fun experience. Yeah. So it's just, it's super, like I said, it's cleverly written. Um, I haven't really seen books do this before. The only thing I can think of is, I think it was called Memento, that one movie that came out ages uh, ago uh-huh. where like he doesn't know what's Tom going Cruise on. Tom movie? No, it wasn't Tom Cruise. Uh, I can't remember who. And I, okay. I'm not interested enough in the movie anymore <laughs> to do a deep dive on who it It'll was. It'll be in the show notes. Um, <laughs> insert here, correct name. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's super interesting. It was recommended um, by Meredith, actually, because mm. she picked it up and she's Very like, cool. you must read this. Okay. And I finally got around to it. And it's, I, 
it is a book that I am savoring because I know it's going to rip my heart out and throw it on the ground and stomp on it. I feel like y'all are sensing a theme here <laughs> with Kimberly's reading. I just want to read Ooh. books that hurt. I just. <laughs> Whoo, I'm going to have to like bring some, a few light books occasionally to be like, and also <laughs> here's hey. this thing. Well, we'll, I bet you we'll have a few light books. That maybe that we chat about today. Um, I hope so. Okay, <laughs> they won't um, be coming from me. No. <laughs> All right, my a two book minimum. So the first one I would recommend. Um, also another one for folks who are wanting to um, maybe shift their setting a little bit, be somewhere else. Uh, Once there were wolves by Charlotte McConaughey. Um, she also wrote Migrations. So if anybody read that one that was a a big bestseller and um I did not read that one but I remember all the buzz about it and then when this one came out I was like huh saw her talk about the book and she was incredibly charming and so I was like well let me read that so um the the book is about Inti who is a um, a scientist a biologist should remember that who also um has a very interesting condition well one she's an identical twin that mm. plays into the book. And two, she has mirror synesthesia. So when she uh, when she's watching something happen to someone else, she can feel everything that is happening to another person. Interesting. Like literally feels it in her body. Um, and so that's a very interesting um, plot point, I think, that happens in the book too. But uh, Inti is um, part of a team, or the leader of a team of folks who are trying to rewild um, wolves, to introduce wolves into the Scottish Highland. And Inti herself is Australian, and she's she's traveled here. She's traveled here with her sister, Aggie, and um, they're living together in a little cabin while she works on this project of reintroducing wolves to the highlands to a community of farmers who are not particular and ranchers who are not particularly interested in having wolves live amongst them again um so there's the the book has a lot of um kind of mystery um you find out that aggie has some particular issues that um you have to work out over the course of the book. Um, mysteries happen in the book that you work out over the course of the book. There's a bit of romance. Um, there's a lot of um, violence, I would say. Uh, but again, done in a way that I think was not um, gratuitous. But I think it. The, some of the theme of the book is um, the violence that humans do to humans um, mm-hmm. and the violence that humans do to the environment and the violence that humans do to animals when um, when we only see the animals as, you know, we don't see ourselves in the animals, mm-hmm. you know, we s- see the animals as being violent. So um, lots of uh, discussable themes in this book. We just chatted about it for um, Second Thursday Book Club last night, and it was a roundly praised people loved it um quite a bit and so um i feel pretty confident putting it out there i've only heard good things it's another one of those buzzy books it was great and i just loved inti like she was a a flawed like very interesting character who had um some nice 
things to say in the book. I mean, it was just one of those things where the dialogue was like, oh, that's exactly what I would say (laughs) in that situation. You know, I was like, whoo. I mean, it was almost like so right on that you were just like, whoa, I didn't, right on. That's what I would say. Um, The the next book, I literally just, I started it last night Mm -hmm. right after book club. I was like, okay, I just talked about that book. Like, what am I going to read next? And I, um, you know, this book keeps coming at me. The It keeps coming at me, the series A Court of Thorns and Roses yep. by Sarah J. Moss. Now, have you? No. Okay. I, this book I've keeps heard coming so at me. Much. <laughs> and like, uh, like it's every book talker is, is it's coming up on TikTok. It's coming up in my Instagram reels. Like I, it's been around forever. Um, my husband listened to it on audiobook. <laughs> so I I'm, love that I for am, him. Yeah, I know. So I am actually listening to it on audiobook. So uh, so far, from the, the few chapters in that I am from last night, I'm, I'm liking it. I like mm-hmm. the narration. I should, well, I'll figure out, you know, when we put it in the show notes, um, who the narrator is, because I like the narration. And, you know, it is definitely a, um, uh, like, set in a world where fairies exist. There's fairylands, there's high fae, there's... Um, you know, uh, magic kind of uh, abounds in this particular way, um, having to do with fairies, and um, and I think uh, I think I'm gonna like it. I think yeah. there's, it's a romance. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I, it's a romance. So I and I don't typically read um, paranormal or mm-hmm. fantasy based romance, so I'm very interested in how I'm going to. I, yeah, I'm interested in how I'm going to like this. Yeah. I like it already. Like, I'm already um, invested yeah. <laughs> in what happens. I've definitely heard it's one of those books. It's – I don't like this term, uh, like, guilty pleasure, because I uh-huh. think it's silly yeah, and you shouldn't, shouldn't assign guilt to something that brings you joy. Right. Um, but it's one of those where it's just – silly and fun and Uh addictive like popcorn i think that it can be i mean i'm definitely getting that sense that i'm like and it's you know it's one of those where you know you're just you're the it has to do world building so there's a lot of if you like that you're gonna like this because you're it's a lot of like visual about what's going on around um, so lots of world building, lots of yeah. talking about that, but I'm ready to get to the romance. Yeah. I, I hear that it is a bit spicy. Uh, I have heard only that it is spicy and that many people are like, wait, these are technically YA. No, absolutely not. No, I know. I saw that. And I was like, are you sure? Because yeah. my husband was like, whew. Yeah. He was clutching his pearls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was like, my goodness. <laughs> I noticed he didn't turn it off, but it was my goodness. Because that's the first thing he said was like, wait, I thought these were supposed to be YA because. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. So yeah. just FYI, if you like spice, you might get into hoopla real fast and, and yep. put this put get this one and if you don't you might give it a miss and we can find <laughs> we can find you something similar that is a little less spicy yeah not as as mm-hmm. hot yeah as chili pepper maybe so, just a little bit lower yeah a little bit lower so i i plan to be done with this by the next time we record and uh 
I'll give you that You update. report back. I'll let you know if my taste buds have been burnt off <laughs> by the ghost pepper. Whew. All righty. Um, okay. Well, two book minimum C and plus a little extra. Plus a little extra. You're welcome. Do you want to lead us off in sure. our appreciation thread? So... As of recording and as of releasing, it's February, so it is Mm -hmm. Black History Month. And in honor of that, we as librarians at LPL and as librarians in the world think that no matter what time of year, you should be reading books by Black authors and featuring Black characters. But now is a good time as any to also emphasize those authors and those characters and those stories just to get a breadth of reading experience under your belt mm-hmm. um so we're just going to recommend some just yeah. some books that we like some authors that we really enjoy yeah and just hopefully give you a big tbr for you to read not just this month but anytime yeah Let's do um that. one book that i actually read last year that I haven't heard anyone else talk about. So every single time I get a chance, I talk about this book or I put on my staff picks or I try in some way plug this book because it's incredible. It's Carefree Black Girls by Zeba Blay. It's a an essay collection. And the author, she writes for HuffPost. And so she talks about black girlhood and womanhood under the umbrella of pop culture Mm -hmm. and so basically how black women have affected and influenced like pop culture how they've made it better but also how pop culture can sometimes villainize them because they are black women and so it's absolutely fascinating it's like Mm -hmm. parts of her experience but her experience in the world as a black woman and seeing herself reflected in television or in music or liking problematic artists but being able to pick out what good they have brought and not villainize them entirely because they are black women but it is absolutely wonderful i would say it's like a modern iteration of something that um roxanne gay did with bad feminist Uh Uh of just talking about being a just a black woman but also enjoying pop culture and i am a yeah. pop culture fiend if anything talks about <laughs> pop culture and analyzes it in a way i'm all for it and so this one was just heartbreaking because of the nature of mm. her own personal experiences mm-hmm. but it's so wonderful i cannot wait i know she's working on something else because i follow her on instagram and she's been like alluding to things i'm so excited to read anything else she ever 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 comes out because she is just it's just wonderful everyone needs to read this essay collection no one else has get on it um i'm sorry we're disappointing you (laughs) but i'm glad you're taking this time to educate us Uh uh-huh appreciate it yeah um but yeah that one was just i just we i luckily just had i got an advanced reader's copy and I was like, this is interesting. I like this. And mm. I started reading and it was fabulous. And I read very little last year. Yeah. But that was one of the books that I read and it was still think about it all the time. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go a different way for me. And I want to talk about like a couple of the books that I 
first read like by black authors mm-hmm. that made me excited and interested in reading um, more black authors because I realized I had a huge gap in yeah. like my experience. Um, the only caveat I want to say about these books is that they are books that have trauma. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like this needs to be a discussion that people have is that those books are super important, but they shouldn't be the only books that you read about the black experience. So I just want to put that out there first, because the two books that I really, that really changed like how I thought about encountering um, reading about other people's lives experience were um, The Color Purple and Beloved. So if people have not read those because they're, you know, now classic Mm -hmm. and you're maybe of an age where you're like, that's an old book. I'm not going to read that. Or you gave it a miss or whatever. I I feel like um, there are two books that were written um, by black women. They're written by Toni Morrison, wrote Beloved, and Alice Walker wrote The Color Purple. Um, And if you've seen either movie, the movies are okay. I Mm. mean, they're fine, but the books are of very different visceral experience. Um, so I would like to put those forward as books that people might want to dive back into an experience. And then um, a related book to those that I just read recently with um, with uh, Social Justice Book Club was um, The Water Dancer by ta oh, Coates. Yeah. So um, that's a more recent uh what you know we would think of as a slave narrative and um it's incredible like beloved there are supernatural elements um to both of those books i think the water dancer um like maybe has integrated some more different sensibilities you know being written some years after like the earlier books Mm -hmm. but also is written by a man and so it's a very different experience i mean but i can tell you that beloved and the color purple both as a mother like impacted me in like incredible ways as a mother like Mm -hmm. just those two books like um so, you know, like there's that universal experience of motherhood yeah. and like experiencing it through this, you know, through this particular lens was just really devastating, yeah. <laughs> like incredibly devastating. But and and actually that same theme um, comes up a lot in The Water Dancer. So yeah. those are three books by three authors I really love. Like I love Ta-Nehisi Coates's like nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, uh, he kind of blows me away as a thinker. Um, so I want to put those out there, but they're not, you know, they, yeah. they are books that there is hope and there eventually is some joy in some of those books. But um, I just wanted to share them with the caveat of yeah. like, please don't make that the only yeah. black um, book that you read. Let it be a piece of your overall yeah. experience. But I loved them and they mean a lot to me in their books that I, uh, I reread. Like I reread, oh, really? the, I reread the, the color purple very frequently like i I, for a while i was reading it once a year so you know i've never actually read the color purple ever it's mm, 
Well, I'll have to get on it. Okay. And I haven't read Beloved, but I have read The Bluest Eye, and that was whew, yeah, beautiful and devastating in a way that is, like, not, like, fun devastating, mm-hmm. like, just really impactful yeah. and tragic and just, once again, also just beautifully written. Her writing is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll have to put... I'll have to finally read The Color Purple. I've heard, of course, I wish you that, can't exist no, without hearing about that book. I wish that you would. It's very, um, I mean, it means a lot. It means a lot. <laughs> and Celie is just like a, a character that I love. Like, I love the arc of her life. Mm-hmm. I do. So, um, yeah, I would highly recommend that. Yeah. I'd highly recommend that. Um, what else do you got? One that I recently read, and I believe it's on my staff picks right now, if someone has not checked it out, which I hope they have. Um, it's The Secret Lives of Church Ladies oh, by Disha Filia. I love that cover. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Um, if you don't have the cover pulled up, it's of a young black woman, presumably, um, with like a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful hairstyle. She's got red lipstick and a white button-up shirt and the sleeves are rolled to her elbows and she's got like a little bow tie and she's kind of looking off to the side Mm. it is stunning is absolutely like yeah it's cover love for sure um it's a short story collection i'm clearly feeling short stories right now i was about to say okay i do love short stories okay and um this one is just it's all about women who are some way either they're religious or they grew up in the church. And so it's like the whole like the secret lives of church ladies. So it's about how they just live in the world and how they experience things. And none of these stories feel the same. Like I rated it five stars, which is the highest rating you can give, because they're all so unique into themselves. And... This is, I believe, her debut collection. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. uh, this is another author where, like, as soon as I was done, I was just like, this is an author I will always look out for. Her writing is immaculate. It is absolute perfection. Um, they're all so beautiful in their own ways. Um, like, for instance, one is about a queer couple who have moved from the south to the northeast, and it's winter, and so there's snow everywhere, and they're trying to adjust to this new location and the new weather and things are stressful. They're both estranged from their family because they are queer Mm. and the amount of love that they have for one another and how they're in this stressful situation and how by the end they're able to pull out of these feelings of devastation of just being off in the world away from home and make their home with one another. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, There's another one about uh, a woman who is a teacher, and during a conference she meets a man who is absolutely charming and wonderful. Um, And she doesn't quite... uh Uh-oh. No, keep going. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to distract you. Uh, She meets a man who is wonderful, and she doesn't quite trust this connection that's going on. And so a lot of it is her grappling with her feelings. And by the end, again, just 
beautiful. There's another one where it's about a group of sisters and their father has just died. And one of the sisters starts writing a letter to the other sister that they didn't know about until recently. And it's just so very real. If you have sisters, if you have siblings, it just hits really, really hard. Um, but it's one of those short story collections where I know when it first came out, a ton of people said it was amazing and it is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but highly, highly, highly recommend. There's lots of, lots of different types of stories in here. Some of joy, some of sadness. Mm -hmm. It's just all of these, all of the experiences. So it does a really good job at just showing the different sides of like all types of characters and what they may be be living with. Um, mm -hmm. That reminds me, like every time I see that, it reminds me of The Mothers by Brooke yeah. Bennett. So, cause that church ladies are, play a big part in mm -hmm. that story. So, um, which was also an incredible book. Um, that's, I think that might have been Britt Bennett's debut, actually. I think it was. Um, and then her next, uh, The Vanishing Half mm -hmm. is her next. And I would highly recommend both of those yeah. books. I think that they were, um, like, The the Mothers is a, a modern day sort of experience. Mm -hmm. um, and The Vanishing Half was a um, kind of stretched over time experience. Like you've got mm -hmm. a couple of generations and I think she writes, um, I think she writes family very well. Yeah. Like she writes family relations very well. And so I would put her out there if mm -hmm. she's an author that you haven't tried out yet, I would definitely, uh, endorse Britt Bennett. And I'm wondering if she's writing something else. Cause it's probably been a little bit since the vanishing half came yeah. out, not that long, but it's been a little, been bit. a little bit. So, um, and if you're looking for a book club read, I would definitely recommend The Vanishing Half for a book club read. If your book club is looking to read more black authors, um, please put that one on hold because it you'll, you'll have like a ton to talk about. You'll yeah. have class, you'll have colorism, you'll have mm -hmm. uh, LGBTQ, you'll have gender identity, you'll have, I mean, there's just, um, there's a lot to talk yeah. about in that book in a good, smart way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Putting it out there. Gender identity reminded me that Akweke Amezi exists and is an author that I adore, that I've never read any of their books. But it's like, <laughs> I don't know if you ever like had a, that experience. Like an where author you just, crush. <laughs> yeah, where you're just like, I love this author. Even if you haven't necessarily read their books, but you love the idea of them so much. Or just what types of work they're doing so much that you're automatically just like, no, this is an author I love and support. Yeah. Um, but I have The Death of Vivek. Oh, shoot. This is what I get for not preparing. Anyways, I have one of their books at home on my shelves right now. Um, show notes. Vivek OG. Hashtag show notes. Yeah. Sorry. Always. I'm professional. No, that's why we have them. That's mm -hmm. why they exist. Um, I had that one at home. They write very genre, just fluid. I'll say genre fluid. Genre fluid books that aren't quite literary fiction full stop, but they have like elements of speculativeness in them. Um, I've been wanting to read their stuff for ages and ages and ages, ever since their first book came out. But they also have one called Pet, 
I believe pulling up their author page now should have mm-hmm. done this earlier but you know sometimes you're just tired and you forget to get a cup of coffee <laughs> before you record oh, and no. that's just life <laughs> you can't you can't that's not fair yeah um but yeah pet which if you again if pull up do yourself a favor pull up this book it is the most beautiful cover um but it's fantasy it's technically, I think, for kiddos, but I desperately want to read it. Um, yeah, the tagline is, Pet is here to hunt a monster. Are you brave enough to look? Um, it's a world or a city where there are no more monsters, but um, the main character, I think, accidentally introduces them back to the world. Or uh, a creature called Pet it comes to the world to hunt a specific monster. But it's a mm. lot of, like, metaphor mm. by way of fantasy, basically. But it's just – I've only heard good things about all of their stuff. Um, whenever I think of this author, I also think of um, River Solomon. Oh, because uh-huh. I think that author does a lot of the same stuff of, like, combining speculative elements with – yeah. Other topics, but River Solomon like dives deep yeah. into the speculative nature. The like deep I know. Is yeah, the deep is one of yeah, the deep, yeah. I actually thought I, I put that book out there when we read um The Water Dancer because I thought, you know, the deep is about um people who die you know, the the children that were born from slaves who mm-hmm. jumped overboard or were pushed, you know. Uh, during the the Middle Passage, and so there's you know it's these folks that live sort of in a you know Atlantis is my sort of take mm-hmm. on it you know, um, which is that's interesting now that you like Atlantis Atlanta it's this whole like it's like mm-hmm. this really black community but they're you know some mermaid type so I was definitely like okay maybe we should like read those sort of as a companion together yeah. like the deep and the water dancer so maybe I need to put that on my list of things mm-hmm. I keep seeing it the cover we're gonna talk about covers a lot today. the yeah. cover is like stunning stunning mm-hmm. but I think that's uh I think I need to read a little more you know mm-hmm. speculative anyway so yeah. Um, I think that's like an interesting way. To yeah. I, speaking of speculative, the perfect segue, mm. um, I think I'm going to finally, finally read N.K. Jemison because she's one of those authors oh. who's just a powerhouse mm-hmm. in fantasy right now. Like all of her books are just hugely popular. You rarely see them on the shelves because they're <laughs> so popular. Um, but she writes a lot of high fantasy. I think she has one... The City uh, We Became, which is technically mm -hmm. urban fantasy. Mm -hmm. The one I'm interested in is um, The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms, I believe it's called. uh Um, But I'm really excited to finally read her stuff because I've never – I've been recommending her books for years and years and years. She's like a big – she's – how many Hugos has she won? All of them. Yeah, all the – They all belong to her now. All the awards, (laughs) yes. But – She's just an author I haven't read because I haven't been in a fantasy mood, and inexplicably, I'm in a fantasy mood now. Right now. Um, but I'm super excited. Well, I'm going to mention one more author, and then we probably need to go to the next section. Okay. Uh, because it made me think, because I was looking, and I was like, oh, upcoming events. Oh, now you this author probably doesn't need any help promoting himself, Colson Whitehead, because yep. he is hotter than... 
A hoochie coochie? I don't know. What's oh, hotter? Gosh. <laughs> I was trying to think of like a saying. Hotter than a really good pancake. That's good. <laughs> like a hot pancake. Don't you know that song? It's hotter than a hoochie coochie in here. No. I Polly, I was born in the 90s. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Maybe we need to edit that part. (laughs) Anyways, Colson Whitehead is an author that you could read like all of his books and read every genre Mm -hmm. that there is. So if one of his books you don't love, you might love the next one because he apparently writes every genre possible. But I wanted to bring him up because he will be um, in Lawrence for the Paper Plains um, uh, Literary Festival. He is the beach author that the library is bringing, and um, he will speak at 7 p.m. on Saturday April 9th. So um, all the events are free for paper planes, but you can get VIP passes uh, if you look at the website and we'll link to that. But um, some other folks will be there with him that are also fantastic that you can look up, but we're talking about black authors right now. (laughs) And uh, I think you should come see Colson Whitehead. Isn't Colson Whitehead the author where you saw him once at an event and you were like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting at the same table as Colson Whitehead. Yes. And I I didn't. You sent me a selfie. I didn't take any creepy pictures. Yes, I did. Um, (laughs) And and I, so I've seen him twice actually, like once uh, for that event. um, That was at the Carnegie's. And then once I, uh, where I got a picture with him. And then once I saw him on a smaller panel um, at a small event to talk about um, the, the Nickel Boys, Mm -hmm. which is an incredible book. Um, whoo, whoo, that book. So, yeah, no, I mean, probably when he sees me in the audience, he's going to be like, oh, my gosh. Hey, Polly. I think you're best friends. I know. I think you're best friends. I think we're best friends. Um, no, we're not best friends. <laughs> he won't know me from nobody. <laughs> but I do. I can. I can bring. If I was felt real creepy, <laughs> I could show him the picture of me standing next to him. And him making a very polite face and me making a very deranged face. (laughs) So that exists. It's a big deal is what we're saying. Okay. It's a big deal that he's coming. He's kind of he's kind of a a pretty good author. He's kind of a pretty good author. So please some pretty good books. Yeah. Put that on your calendar. Um okay. I think that's a good wrap up. I mean, we didn't we didn't scratch the surface. No, like we barely even touched anything. Those are just the ones that we have read or thought about recently. Like in, I have like, so many. Yeah, so, so um, many. and we'd love to make recommendations for you if you're looking to expand some of your reading. So hit us up. Mm-hmm. What are we up to? What are we up to? I'm gonna do a quick. I'm I'm up to Wordle. <laughs> like, you and everyone else on this planet. I, mean, I, know, I don't feel special or unique <laughs> or like I'm even at the party before the party's almost over. But yeah, I've been doing Wordle yeah. and I've been, um, I like that there's like all these other variations of Wordle out there you can look for. Um, sometimes I forget to do Wordle and then I feel like bereft the next day that I missed a word like it's only one a day. Yeah. It's a word game that you get. I mean, that's the good thing about it is you just get one a day. Mm-hmm. So you can't like be a junkie and do them all. 
But I guess yeah. then you can find other variations, yeah. which sort of defeats the purpose of not being a junkie. But there's a Nerdle, which is math-based. That's cute. It's like equations that have to match each other. And I sent it to my oldest child, who is a math genius. And, of course, he was like, blah, blah, solved it in four, you know. And I was just like, all right, well, I'm doing this. And I did. I solved it in five. And I felt like the smartest person ever. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a second one. But but I did it one time. Um, there's Queerdle. There's Loodle, which probably I should not talk about on a library podcast but just fyi it's only naughty words um that's out there there's um i think there's there's some there are some sites you can go to to get like just multiple game after game after game so mm-hmm. um i heard there's a bts wordle so if you're oh my gosh into k-pop like that's um, so good all the words have something to do with bts like their lyrics or something like that um yeah, there's, I'm sure there's all kinds of oh, things. Oh, yeah. It is, a, it's just a movement that's happening. <laughs> and again, I feel, I, I've just, I'm, I have not wordled. I refuse. I refuse. You do? I do, I refuse. Oh, wow. Mostly because I think, not because I'm like, eh, I'm above that. Um, I think it's because <laughs> I know myself is and it? I'm just like, I don't have the emotional capacity to become obsessed with something else at this time in my life. Thank I'm, you. I'm just saying, but they give you only, you only get one a day. So. I know, but I uh, we have coworkers who stay up until midnight to do the next day's Wordle, oh, and do I they? yes, I'm oh. not going to name names, but I know they exist, and I know myself, and I don't have the space okay well i don't understand the purpose of that like what so what do they do one at like 10 or 11 50 and then they like do the one at 12 and then they have nothing they have lived nothing to live for i don't know what they're doing why would they do that i don't it doesn't make any sense to me but okay live your life as you see fit i'm fine i hope they don't listen to this you seem very fine i see <laughs> Seems super fine about it. All right, let's move on. Let's go. Um, Speaking of feeling super fine, um, I realized recently, maybe earlier today, that I'm using Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) as a way to escape my real life so I don't have to think about the stressors of moving, (laughs) which for anyone who wants to know, I am moving tomorrow and I feel good and fine about it. And also right now I'm in a another realm where I'm hanging out with my werewolf himbo. <laughs> I see you. I see you like I can it's like I see you leave your body and mm-hmm. go into the I'm there. And go into the other realms. We if I don't know if I've talked about this yet on the podcast, but I am pretty into D&D. <laughs> I'm very cool. Thank you for noticing. Um, whatever. All the cool people like D and D now. Oh, it's I, not... I meant that genuinely. I know. Cool. <laughs> okay, it's true. I'm a Leo. I am very insecure in my own confidence. <laughs> I'm very excited for you to um, to be moving books with your body, mm-hmm. but in your mind. Mm-hmm. You're in a pub having ale. In my mind, I'm actually 
in a river about to go over a waterfall, Polly. <laughs> okay. We ended on a cliffhanger last oh, session, I'm and I'm very so, concerned. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Don't act like you know my life. Don't. Or my life don't of my werewolf himbo. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't... I am... Um, I'm sorry that I made an assumption. Thank you for apologizing. I was wrong, <laughs> and I apologize. <laughs> Let's be friends still. It's ironic that I'm thinking about stressful things that are happening to a character I created rather than the stressful <laughs> things that are happening to me. My the, life is stressed. To the character you created <laughs> of yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, because isn't life just really a D&D game? I mean, yeah, if but, you think about yeah. it. All your, you're just going around Less trying to get works. experience points and like uh, up your stats and you're <laughs> like, you're just trying, you're just trying to like get, you know, just be, hoping for a nat 20. Be a, yeah. You just want to, you just want to have 15 intelligence points. Like that's all you just, you want to, <laughs> I get it. <clears throat> right now I feel like I have nine. I get it. I get it. Um, speaking of this is related. Mm. It is actually related. Oh, it is. This it is, is a related. segue. You're right. Speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, Polly specifically <laughs> suggested that we add this <laughs> to the what are you up to? And what are we up to is obsessed over nerds gummy clusters, which for some reason right now, like D&D Beyond, I believe, has like a, uh, a D&D nerds like packaging uh-huh. to it right now so it does make me feel like very comforted where do you get them from um i just got the last bag maybe you shouldn't tell me maybe i should no maybe you should yeah because <laughs> i brought in a bag just as a treat and oh. i set it on polly's I'm desk about to get and by dragged. the end of the day there was two literally two left <laughs> And that took a lot, okay, for me to leave those two. Uh, I should have just eaten them and said someone took the bag and I don't know what happened to it. Um, yeah, gas stations, Target. I think you can find them pretty much anywhere you buy candy. They're delicious. They're like the nerds ropes. I've never, never had those. I never had those. So now, I this was a whole new was sensation with me. those as a kid. But it's a huge rope, so it's just like gross, honestly, to eat. Yeah. Um, this is like a long rope of almost like Laffy Taffy, but it's more of like a gummy. Oh, yeah. So it was just like a, a not pleasant and like you have to buy this huge thing, but they basically just made the nerds ropes, but like chopped them up. And so they're like little bite-sized clusters. And, they and coated they're, them with nerds. Yeah, they're addictive. They're, I won't allow myself to buy them anymore because they're too good, but I, I might, on my way home today, I think I might stop by Quick Shop and buy you, some. You're going to have I'm, to. I'm stressed. Yeah. I'm stressed. Just treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I thought I was a chocolate person, and I might still be, but this blew my mind yeah. is all I'm saying. So that's why I thought I wanted. I thought you all needed to know about it. It's our favorite candy. It's mm-hmm. our, like, our department's right. 
favorite candy. Yeah. Anytime I offer someone to have this candy, they're like, oh, sure. And then they eat it and they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's so good. I feel I feel like you were going to say anytime I offer it, Polly pushes people down <laughs> to get to the bag <laughs> before anyone else can have any. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Well, I think we are coming up on time now that everybody knows that I'm a sugar monster. Um, I just want to, I put out, want to put out this last uh, upcoming events because it's coming on February 23rd. Joy Harjo, the U.S. Poet Laureate, um, will be, it will be on Crowdcast uh, because we are still not to a place where we should be in each other's faces, apparently. Um, Wednesday, February 23rd, 7 p.m. Uh, We'll put the details in the show notes, but she's incredible. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of her, like, holding her guitar with her tattoos. I mean, this is... Excuse me? She sounds really cool. This is like the... Do I like poetry This is the coolest poet laureate... Oh, I might like poetry ...that you have ever met. She looks rad. So she is, like, a really uh, amazing indigenous poet who also is a complete BA is what I'm going to say about that. Also, it's not guitar. It looks like a saxophone. What? Oh. Which somehow makes her more cool. No, I thought I saw one with a guitar too. I mean, maybe. Well, I don't know. I mean, who knows? She's the poet laureate. She can do anything. Yeah, she's so cool. Um, And then another quick... Uh, um, Read Across Lawrence is coming. We can't tell you anything about it yet because we haven't announced the book, but you do need to save the date for um, April 21st, 7 p.m., because the author of the book we have chosen mm-hmm. will be giving a talk. So um, mm-hmm. just put that on your calendar, and then we will be announcing the book on February 27th, so probably not too long after this publishes. Um, stick with us. Maybe we'll do like a little uh, extra recording about um, all the exciting things that are coming up. And... Those are the those are the big things, I yeah. think. We talked a lot. Yeah, we did. We'll link to our events for any other yeah. upcoming things. Check the show notes. <laughs> There's gonna be so many. Show notes. Show notes. That's I already the- <laughs> am overwhelmed by all the show notes I'm gonna have to do. <laughs> Oh. Be better prepared next time, yeah. you guys. No, Remember don't. the authors and the titles. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this is Future Kim, by the way. <laughs> oh, you know what? Stick with us when I'm losing my mind. when uh, Harry Styles remakes that song someday. <laughs> you, hush. it will happen. All right, y'all. Happy reading. Bye. Bye. Bye.